You are now tuning in to the Joes on the Pros podcast with your host, Junie Riddle and Casey Warner, covering all the latest topics in today's sports. What a week, what a week we have coming up here. It is finally the time of the year that we've all been waiting for, and that is Super Bowl weekend, guys. It's super exciting. But unfortunately, we had to deal with the tragedy of Kobe Bryant's death this past week. Um, It was a really sad time, very unexpected to see of his loss. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace, his daughter, Gianna. And rest in peace to the other individuals that were in uh, the helicopter and were a part of the accident. But with that being said... Uh, We are going to go ahead and get started with this Super Bowl edition podcast. We got some new guys coming in. We got some old guys coming back. We're going to make this episode super special. Let's get it started here. We got Mark Webster, our buddy from school. He partakes in Inside Hilltopper Sports podcast. If you're into Hilltopper Sports, check that podcast out. And also, if you're just a sports fan in general, you should definitely check out Mark's Talk It Up Sports. Mark, how does it feel to finally make your first appearance on the Joes and the Pros podcast? Man, I've been waiting, man. You know, you you guys are my boys, man. I always appreciate, you know, you and Casey. Really good guys. Good head on your shoulder. You guys know your stuff about, you know, sports in general. So, Respect to you guys, without doubt. It's, it's definitely a you know, long time coming for, to really be on here, man. I really, I'm really appreciative. Well, we appreciate you being on here with us, Mark. And let's get started here. Um, we are basically going to start with breaking down what we saw in the conference championship games. You know, we had two good matchups. See what these teams that are about to play in the Super Bowl, the 49ers and the Chiefs, had to go through to get it to where they are. So let's start with the AFC championship, guys. It was the Titans, the sixth seed, the Cinderella story who beat the Patriots. They beat uh, the number one seeded Ravens in which looked like an unstoppable team this year uh, to make it to the AFC championship. They fell short. But what did you all see from that AFC championship game between the Titans and the Chiefs? Uh, you know, first of all, I kind of just saw, I think it's a difference between levels of play in these teams. So we got, you know, the Titans and Derrick Henry. Great story. You know, Derrick Henry's been showing out the whole playoffs. He's had his streak of over 100-yard games going now. No one's ever seen that before. Um, and then they just kind of stopped doing it in this game. That's what kind of confused me. Uh, he only had 19 carries. You know, I, a guy like Derrick Henry's got to get at least 20 carries a game, especially in a game like that against Kansas City. You know, a team you can definitely run on. I don't see why he only got 19 carries. So it was kind of confusing to me, you know, to see why Tennessee got away from their game plan. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he just did his thing, man. Looked excellent out there. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Casey. First and foremost, the Titans, they were definitely like, you know, they're going to be the the offseason Cinderella team to look forward to to next year, relatively speaking, given the fact that, you know, just the run they had in the playoffs, knocking off the defending Super Bowl champs, you know, knowing the Patriots, and then going on the road again to beat the Baltimore Ravens. But I think the biggest thing was that was the key to their success was playing those two teams. Personally, my honest opinion, I don't think New England was the team that, you know, how they've been in the past, you know, given the fact that we've seen, you know, with the limited resources Brady had this, you know, finishing out the season, they just weren't clicking. So, you know, they were coming off a loss as well. So they were still trying to figure out things and they had to play a really, really hungry desperate Tennessee Titans team and then going the next week Baltimore Lamar Jackson's I know this might be kind of like a you know crazy scenario but he had been playing in almost three weeks if I'm not mistaken and that 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 takes a toll on the team and kind of throws them a little bit out of the rhythm and you know that's that's really determined the factor then they're playing a really a hot team and the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes who were at home 
who really had nothing to lose, and they really had a lot to prove after last year's um, devastating loss. Yeah, it was definitely good to see the Kansas City Chiefs come out in that one. I know a lot of our um, hometown Titans fans, because we live so close to Nashville, are mm-hmm. probably upset about it. But, you know, seeing Andy Reid and seeing Patrick Mahomes and seeing this electric offense they have with guys like Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, it just seems like the past two games, were whether they played the Houston Texans or whether they played the Tennessee Titans, they both went down double digits in both of those games and both found a way to come back and respond in a big way. Uh, so, yes, this Kansas City team shows that even though that they can get down early in the game, that they can definitely make a splash uh, with the weapons they have offensively. Now, what I saw with this game with Tennessee, you know, Tennessee – has been a run-the-ball team the whole time. I mean, we look at their first two games. This man, Ryan Tannehill, didn't even have over 100 yards passing in each of these games. They relied on Derrick Henry. They got the run game going, and Tannehill made plays when he needed to. It was really good to see that that this Kansas City Chiefs team could step up and stop the run because that's exactly what they're going to have to do if they're going to have a chance against the 49ers because the 49ers got three backs in that backfield that are going to be able to run the ball. They've been doing it all year long, guys. But, yeah, no, Patrick Mahomes looking really, really great, guys. What do you all expect coming out of this run, him going to his first Super Bowl? What do you all expect him to play like? You know, man, I think he's just going to keep up where he left off. You know, this is what he's built for. We saw last year he was the MVP. We know he can play up to that level again when he's healthy. He had a little bump in the road with those injuries this year. But, you know, he is rolling right now. That whole team is rolling. Ever since he got back from his injury, you know, they've been playing great football right now. And what was interesting about this AFC Championship game to me was you can see that Kansas City is such a well-coached football team that they can win clean football games. And by clean football games, I mean there were no turnovers in this game by either team. So even though the Kansas City defense wasn't able to get turnovers from Tennessee, they still showed out and still put up 35 points without even getting a turnover. So that's that's impressive to me. So I'm really going to be looking forward to seeing how that Kansas City defense is going to handle this San Francisco offense. You know, just to kind of piggyback what you said, you know, that, that defense – we both we really know that San Francisco's defense is phenomenal, you know, and they added a couple pieces on the offseason with addition to Bosa, which we can get into later. But I just think that this is going to be a crazy matchup, man. And Patrick Mahomes, I think he's ready for it. Patrick Mahomes is ready for it, according to Mark Webster, guys. Uh, there was another game, obviously, that, you know, the Tennessee-KC yeah. game was really good. But we had another game on the other side with the Green Bay Packers going to Levi Stadium out there in Santa Clara, playing the 49ers' number one seed. And honestly, guys, I, it, it kind of it was the game that I expected. I really thought that uh, this Packers defense wasn't ready. They ha- they didn't really have a marquee win all year long, and definitely the two trips that they already had out to California, they got smacked by the Chargers and the Niners in the regular season. I mean, Mostert just had his way uh, with that Packers defense, and it just didn't seem like they could stop a nosebleed. And I got to ask you guys, I mean, the way that the Niners dominated, what did you all see from that game, and what do you see from this Niners offense that can get it going um, heading into the Super Bowl this Sunday? The crazy thing about this game is we can just see how dominant the San Francisco 49ers run game and defense is. Get this. Jimmy G was 6-for-8 in that NFC Championship game, and that is the second-fewest pass attempts in a playoff game in NFL history. Insane. He was 6-for-8 for for 77 yards, and they didn't even need to do much through the air to win the game. So what's that tell you about this team? They've just been dominant all year on the ground and defensively. I mean, 24 minutes between passes 6 and 7. 
for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, that's just unheard of. That's crazy. You don't see that from a team, you know, now it's such a passing league. We don't see teams that completely just dominate on the ground anymore. We've seen the Titans and the Niners been able to do that this year. And it's it's really cool to see because we've been so accustomed to seeing such a passing league. And we got two teams that made it to the championship game that run the ball exceptionally well. So I'm just really impressed to see San Francisco continuing to do what they do. And I'll be interested to see if they continue to keep that up in the Super Bowl. And that's another thing to go into what you were saying that the top five passing leaders in the NFL this year didn't make the playoffs. That's absolutely crazy to think about and to think about the teams that run the ball really well. The Baltimore Ravens set an all-new record for rushing yards in a season. They were the number one seed. The only the team that was right below them in the rushing yard standings was the San Francisco 49ers and they were the number one seed in their conference. It really is showing a revitalization of offense in the NFL that we haven't really seen in the last decade which is primated on controlling the time of possession of the ball, keeping the ball not turning it over and running the ball down your opponent's throat. And so it's definitely showing that this is a new age. And what's so great about this Super Bowl matchup is that we are going to see an electric pass offense with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, everybody that's involved in that with Andy Reid schematics against the genius of Kyle Shanahan and his offense and what he's been able to do everywhere that he's gone and their, uh, with their guys that they have. I mean, I'm telling you what, it's going to set up for a really, really big matchup here to see which type of offense can prevail. Yeah, I believe personally, you know, kind of stand on that uh, the, the NFC Championship game very briefly for you guys. I believe that the game, you know, starting out the game, it wasn't even close. Green Bay made it a game late. So they completely took the game away from Green Bay, and they meant business. And personally, I thought Green Bay was going to win. I thought Green I Bay too. wanted to. I did not expect the San Francisco 49ers to be in the Super Bowl this year. I did not. I think rarely anybody did, honestly. But I think a couple – It was. I mean, I'm pretty sure a couple people might have thought when they start to see them, you know, making progression throughout maybe week four or so. But after I seen them almost lose to the Steelers and, you know, in almost close fashion, I just felt that they really weren't that of superior of a team. And, and, I, and I mentioned this before the playoffs started, that if the Saints don't make it, to the NFC Championship, or even if they do make it. Mm-hmm. The only team that I felt in the NFC that could stop the 49ers from getting to the Super Bowl was the New Orleans Saints. And unfortunately, they lost early in the game. And I also thought the Seattle Seahawks could. They dodged both of the teams that could possibly beat them in the playoffs, and they got the easy route with getting the matchup with Green Bay that we already saw that they were the better of the two earlier in the season by a large margin. Then you also got the Minnesota Vikings, who, I mean, honestly, like, yeah, they came up big against New Orleans, but when you go up against a team that's very efficient and and doesn't make as many mistakes like that San Francisco team is very, very easy uh, to get basically blown out there in Santa Clara. But that is all we are going to cover on the NFC and AFC championships. Mark is about to head out of here. But, Mark, before we go here, who do you got in the Super Bowl and why? Okay, so we got the matchup of Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy G. Um, we got a really good offense in Kansas City. They could put up points. We have a really good stingy defense in Richard Sherman and D Ford and Nick Bolson and company. Oh, and, uh, you know, Sheldon Day, shout out to Sheldon Day, 317. Um, I believe it's going to be a Super Bowl, which is going to be – a lot of points won't be scored in the Super Bowl. You know, it's going to be a very stingy, stingy Super Bowl. So, with that being said, I'm going to trust Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs to pull this one out 23-20. to 20. Um, I believe Mahomes is going to be the MVP of this game. He's going to be able to analyze this 49ers defense and throw different things at them. 
at you know the reason why I say this is because he's going to be able to throw different things at this 49ers defense that they haven't seen. You know, AFC quarterbacks a little bit more versatile than some NFC quarterbacks. Yeah, he might have seen Russell Wilson. Yeah, he's might have seen Drew Brees, but he hasn't seen you know, you know, a Patrick Mahomes, and he he's seen a Lamar Jackson. We've seen what happened when that happened. And I personally believe that Patrick Mahomes is better than Lamar Jackson. So I think that Kansas City Chiefs will win the Super Bowl, twenty three to twenty. And they're just going to, you know, they're out for revenge, man. They're out for revenge. There you heard it here first. Mark thinks that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. When we come back, me and Casey are going to give our Super Bowl breakdown, our predictions of what is going to happen. And we are also going to bring back a familiar face, Caden Gaylord, when we come back here on the Joes on the Pros podcast. Super Bowl 54 week is finally here, and it is going to be a great matchup. Two teams that have clearly shown why they deserve to be here throughout the year. You have the Kansas City Chiefs who are rolling into this Super Bowl ever since Patrick Mahomes' injury. They have not looked back, and they have certainly shown that that high-powered offense is going to be what everyone is watching on Super Bowl Sunday, this coming Sunday. But do not forget about those San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers have been dominant all year. We know we they started out the first half of their schedule undefeated. Everybody thought head and shoulders they were going to be the team to beat. Them and the Ravens, that's what it was looking like all season long. And here they are. They proved all their doubters wrong all season and have made it to Super Bowl 54. So the big game is Sunday. The big game. Kansas City is favored by one and a half points, and that over-under is pretty high right now at 54 and a half. You know, I just want to get your all's general thoughts on those numbers right there. KC minus one and a half and an over-under of 54 and a half. Kind of just, you know, what do you guys think right there as far as like what the final score might be, total points, and who ended up who ends up covering that spread? I would, I think that the San Francisco 49ers are going to win this game. I mean, we look at the Kansas City Chiefs all year, and this defense has been really inconsistent. I mean, some games they show up and we're like, wow, that defensive front and Tyron Matthew in that secondary is really kind of starting to sharpen things up. And then they'll go out another game, and they'll just get completely ran off the field, you know, figuratively speaking, but literally by other teams' uh, offensive run games. And when you look at the San Francisco 49ers and you see all the running weapons they have, whether it's Matt Burita, Tevin Coleman, Mustard, like all these guys can break off and have big games, and we've seen them break off and have big games in in multiple games this season. And so when you see a team like this 49ers team, they can play it both ways. They can ground and pound it. If Jimmy G needs to get going, we've seen him do that in New Orleans, and I think that New Orleans' defense is much better than Kansas City's. So I think that the San Francisco 49ers are going to win this game, and honestly, if Andy Reid doesn't come out with a sharp plan against this team and Mahomes does not get the proper protection, I think that it can actually kind of get out of hand, and it might get out of hand early. But I'm expecting a close game with how good Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense is, but I think that they will come up short due to the more complete team that is the San Francisco 49ers. Me personally, I wouldn't say the 49ers are the more complete team. I mean, this both of these teams have their strengths and weaknesses. I think for the 49ers defense, they play a lot of zone. Now, if you're going to play zone against 
the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Kelsey's going to be wide open all night, basically. And then if they break the zone, then they go, man, who's going who's gonna to stay on hill the whole night? So I think, you know, when if the Chiefs come out with the right game plan and they come out hot, you know, I honestly think the Chiefs can blow, can blow away uh, the 49ers. I don't think the 49ers' offense can keep up with the Chiefs' offense. And, you know, if it goes into a shootout, do you really trust Jimmy G to – keep you in the game and throw the ball? I mean, when's the last time he's thrown the ball? 25 times. I mean, yes. I mean, I saw him in New Orleans put up 48 points. And, I mean, with it, I mean, with, it, with it being said, I mean, like, yes, I mean, the key to beating the Kansas City Chiefs is to run the ball. The 49ers were the best team in football outside of the Ravens to do that. And I think that they can control the time of possession. I don't think they're going to turn the ball over. And we have seen Jimmy G in multiple games this year take over when the defense isn't putting up the job. And I just think that Patrick Mahomes has not seen a pass rush like this all season. And I don't think he's going to be ready for what's going to come at him uh, with big guys like D Ford, Nick Bosa, Armstead, like all these guys are going to be coming after him. And honestly, I just think them controlling that ball I think that's what's going to bring him to victory. I'm glad you said that, Junior. You mentioned, you know, Patrick Mahomes. You don't think he's going to be protected. That's actually one of my biggest questions for this game. Personally, I have four different questions that I want to be answered, hopefully, when I see this game. And is it, can Jimmy G prove he's elite? My other one is, will Mahomes be protected? Uh, can the Kansas City defense hold their own one more time? And can the Kansas City running game help Mahomes? So ultimately, it's going to come down to these two quarterbacks and how they're protected and how they're aided by their offenses that have been so successful all year long. So that's really, really my biggest question, though, is will Mahomes be protected? Because we've seen this 49ers defense absolutely annihilate quarterbacks all year. Multiple sacks almost every game. You know, D. Ford, Fred Warner, you name it. DeForest Buckner, they all get in that backfield every game. And, you know, Mahomes, he can run. He's mobile. We saw that last week against Tennessee. Um, he put up great rushing numbers, had a rushing touchdown in that game, one with 53 yards. Showed he's capable of that. So even if, you know, he can run, I want to see how this 49ers defense reacts to that and how Mahomes reacts to that pressure. I think, you know, I'm looking at the stat right here, and it says there are, the 49ers have faced three mobile quarterbacks this season, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and Lamar Jackson. They combined for a QBR 71. All of the QBs combined for a QBR 28. So I really think the 49ers will want to keep Mahomes in the pocket. To me, I feel like Mahomes in the pocket is a one-read kind of guy. I feel like he stares down his first read a lot of the times when he's sitting in the pocket. It's when he gets out of the pocket is when he's most dangerous. So I feel like if he does that, if he's constantly having to escape the pocket with the 49ers' uh, pass defense, pass rush coming at him, I think it'll work against the 49ers. I really think they'll want to keep him in the pocket. But with that being said, though, I mean, do you think that the 49ers can keep him in the pocket? And do you think that they can cause turnovers in the zone? Do you think that's something that's logical? Because you pick the Kansas City Chiefs. My thing with the Kansas City Chiefs is is I know that this offense is all-time electric. It has all-time talent. And with this quarterback being his only second year starting, already having an MVP, appearing in his first Super Bowl, I mean, the narrative to beat this guy is here and it is to run the ball keep the ball out of his hands and get a pass rush make him uncomfortable i think that the 49ers have every single uh intangible to be able to beat this team with what they have and i don't think kansas city is going to be as ready for it as the san francisco 49ers are going to be ready for them you know i also uh i compare you know with the run game you know the titans you know it was i was honestly questioning if the chiefs will beat the titans will beat the titans because 
Derrick Henry was just running over everybody, running through everybody. And, you know, I see the 49ers in that same light. You know, will they run the ball constantly? Will they will they be able to control the time of possession? But honestly, I don't think with this Chiefs offense, the time of possession really matters because the Texans were up 21 zip. 28, was it 21 zip? 21 zero. 20, 20, no, it was actually, it was, it was 24. 24, 24 that's zero. right, yeah. Because instead of going forward on that fourth down, uh, they elected to kick that field goal and make it 24 right. nothing, which kind of which kind of changed the momentum of the game there. And then the Chiefs come out and score, what, 28 unanswered in three, five, three to five minutes? Okay. So, I to mean, me. But, 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 I mean, look at that game. I mean, in order for that to happen, one, they made a call on special teams when they were supposed to punt the ball, and they didn't end up punting the ball, and they got it turned over on fourth down and put the Chiefs about 30 yards away from the end zone. And then you look at that kickoff return. After they scored that, they literally fumbled the ball right there. A lot of crazy things had to happen for Kansas City to get on that momentum and on that run and get that crowd back into it. And I don't I don't necessarily understand, even though they won by 20, I don't think that all that happens if all those sporadic events uh, occurred as they did. So, I mean, yes, Kansas City can come back. We saw them come back from, you know, 10 down against Tennessee, but I mean, I mean, what is that? I mean, that's Tennessee. It's 10 down. It, it should, it shouldn't be that big of a deal for this offense. But what I'm saying is, is that against a team like the 49ers, the, the 49ers are not the Houston Texans. The 49ers are not the Tennessee Titans defensively, offensively, or with the run game. The 49ers are better than them in all three of those categories uh, than the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. So with that being said here, I want to see Patrick Mahomes have a great day, but I just don't know if he is because this is going to be the toughest competition that he has had um, in his young career going down to Miami and playing this overwhelmingly rounded out San Francisco 49ers team. So you're saying you trust Jimmy G down the stretch more than you would trust it, Pat no, no, I'm not I'm, saying, I'm asking. I'm I know, asking. I know, and I get that. And I'm not saying that. I, I totally trust Patrick Mahomes. But what I'm saying is is his cast that he has. I mean, they have very similar skill sets and tight ends. I mean, the receiving core with Tyree Kill, I mean, I'd, I'd give that edge to Kansas City. Their offense is – I'll, you know, just a little bit better. But when it comes to defensive grades and and how this is going to play out, I definitely think that San Francisco's defense is that much better than Kansas City's defense. Then Kansas City's offense is that much better than the 49ers' offense. If that makes sense, I just think overall the 49ers are a well-oiled machine and very well-rounded uh, with how they are set up going into this Super Bowl. So I gotta I gotta ask you guys. We gotta get we gotta get scores from each of you all and an MVP. Who who are y'all taking in a score and who are y'all taking for your MVP? I am going to take Jimmy Garoppolo as the MVP, and I am going to have the 49ers winning this Super Bowl 34 to 30. I think it's I think it's gonna be really high scoring. I'm not going to pick a game manager to be my MVP. Man, I, but, I second uh, that. <laughs> I'm going Chiefs um, probably like 31-24, honestly. I think it'll be it'll be an interesting game to see, honestly. Momentum is going to be everything in this game. You know I will, You know what would be great poetic justice? D. Ford is on this 49ers team. And D. Ford cost the Kansas City Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl last year. Wouldn't it be great if D4 just cost the 49ers the Super Bowl this year? That's just like poetic justice. That's what I would just love to see, honestly. That would be trended on Twitter worldwide. It would just be great to see. I'll tell you what, there are a lot of things I'm looking forward to seeing in this game. A lot of questions I just mentioned that I'm looking forward to see, but I'm going to go with my score here, and I'm going to go with the Chiefs. 
37 to 28 in this one. And I'm going to kind of throw a wild card out here for the MVP just because why not? You know, Julian Edelman got the MVP of, uh, you know, the Super Bowl a couple years ago. So why not, uh, you know, why not Tyreek Hill this year? I think, you know, Patrick Mahomes has got plenty of weapons. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to come out throwing. He's going to throw some darts in this game. I think Tyreek Hill is going to be his number one target all game long. You know, Kelsey throws those guys off coming through the middle, you know, some deep routes. But I think Tyreek Hill is going to ball out this game. He's going to be that go-to target all game. We're going to see why he's an elite receiver, and we're going to see why he deserves that Super Bowl MVP. So my MVP is Tyreek Hill, and I'm taking the Chiefs 37-28 in this one. 37-28. So my so my Jimmy G prediction is is crazy, right? I mean, I I mean, like I said, Jimmy G has been really inconsistent, but the thing I like about Jimmy G is that he's a go with the flow kind of guy. He's not looking to build up his numbers. He's he wants to do what's best for the team, and that's why I kind of like about him. Um, obviously, like I kind I want the Kansas City Chiefs to win. As a Steelers fan, I don't want the Niners to get six Super Bowls, tie our record. I don't I, I don't want to see that. I would like to see the Kansas City Chiefs win. But here on the Joe's on the Pros podcast. I can only be honest, and I think they're going to win. I think Kansas City is going to overcompensate with the run because that's what they've seen San Francisco do the last couple weeks in the playoffs. I think that they're going to be prepared. I think Jimmy G is going to be ready, and I think he's going to find a lot of open receivers, whether it's George Kittle or whether it's Debo Samuel or whether it's Emmanuel Sanders. Some of these guys are going to get open. They're going to play the run too much, and I think it's going to make for big play potential in this Super Bowl. So we got our predictions, we got our analysis, we have recapped the conference championship games, but now we move into a special segment for Super Bowl week. We are huge NFL fans, you know, we obviously watch the Super Bowl every year, the big game as we like to call it. So next segment, we're going to get into Junie and I's top five Super Bowls of our lifetime. We're really excited to announce these, and the one key rule though in these top five is we are not allowed to choose Super Bowls that our favorite team was in. So this makes it a little bit more interesting, maybe some Super Bowls that we think some wild cards that people might not think of. But here on Joe's on the Pros podcast, we'll get into our top five Super Bowls in our lifetime next. Well, they call me sweetness, and I like to dance. Running the ball is like Mickey Moore's We had the goal since training camp to give Chicago a Super Bowl champ. And we're not doing this because we're greedy. The Bears are doing it to feed the needy. We didn't come here to look for trouble. We just come here to do the Super Bowl shop. So, you know, throughout the season, you know, on the Joes and the Pros podcast, we've always saved our last segment doing whether it's Riddle's Rankings, Fantasy Focus, or Warner's Wages. But we're going to bring a little special uh, thing here with you guys now that it is Super Bowl week. And we are going to do our top five Super Bowls slash Super Bowl moments, best games that we watched in the moments in those games. You know, right now we're going to bring up a discussion. We're going to do five through two, and then we're going to surprise each other at the end with our number one Super Bowl of, you know, our lifetime. You know, we only want to talk about the ones that we actually got to watch, got to see. Um, and so we're going to kind of leave out all the oldies. So if you're, you know, older than, you know, sorry about that, but, you know, we're only uh, 23 and 22 years old. So let's get started. I'll go ahead and get started with mine. Uh, at number five, I have Super Bowl 34, which, uh, you know, according to the rules, you know, Casey can't put, so I'm definitely going to put it on here for him. Uh, at number uh, four, I got Super Bowl 44, where the Saints beat the Colts. And then number three, I got Super Bowl 52, where the Eagles beat the Patriots. I got Super Bowl 42 coming in at number two, where the Giants uh, beat the 2007 18-0 New England Patriots. And then 
at my number one. That is going to be a secret until the end. Now, Casey, what is your top five without number one? So my top five without number one, very tough. few I had to weed out in the end, but very close. You know, we've been blessed in that in our lifetime, there's been a lot of great Super Bowls, close games. There's only been a couple blowouts I can think of personally. And at number five, I got Super Bowl 47, Ravens 34, 49ers 31, of course, the blackout game. Uh, and then at four, I got Super Bowl 52, Eagles 41, Patriots 33, Philly special, of course. Uh, at number three, I got Super Bowl 51, Patriots 34, Falcons 28, of course, the big comeback we all know about. And then number two, I got Super Bowl 43, Junie Steelers 27, and Kurt Warner's Cardinals 23 devastated by that one so let's kind of start out with that one of course since you're a big Steelers fan and I was so heartbroken by that loss great game you know Larry Fitzgerald taking that deep ball to the house and you know Kurt Warner's Cinderella story with the Cardinals busted by a guy named Santonio Holmes heck of a catch and you know kind of just go into your experience with that being a Steelers fan I mean that was I mean obviously I was in sixth grade when that happened and um I mean, I mean, it was a great game. That year, the Steelers were the number one defense in the league. Uh, they allowed the least amount of points. And here's a stat for you. That defense didn't let up a run over seven yards the whole season, which is crazy. Um, you know, starting out, the game was a little bit slow. Um, and then, you know, that big play at the end of the half, you know, the Steelers were up 10-7. to You know, the Cardinals were on the two-yard line. James Harrison was Defensive Player of the Year. You know, he had dominated the NFL. And the guy that's normally known for his pass rushing faked the pass rush, dropped back. Kurt Warner didn't even see him. You know, 100 yards, Super Bowl record, interception return for a touchdown, completely turned the tide of what the game was looking like it was going to be at halftime. And then, obviously, at the end, Fitz breaks out that huge reception, breaking the seams up the middle, scoring that touchdown less than two minutes to go, going up 23-20. to And then to watch my guys, watch Ben Roethlisberger, he was young at the time, and he you know marches down the field, Santonio Holmes predominantly being the guy on that drive, and then just to cap it off, you know, triple covered in the corner, the two toe taps, 35 seconds left to go. It was it was amazing. It was it was a great game. It had everything. It had turnovers. It had drama. It had back and forth. It had the late drive. And you know, if if the Steelers, if I could if I could talk about the Steelers, that would be my number one. Obviously, I'm biased, but I mean, it's still when you look at that Super Bowl, it had everything. Gotta love that game there, back and forth. Uh, you know, forty plus year old Kurt Warner. De devastated me that he wasn't able to get that second ring. I can remember myself. I was about 12, 13 years old, give or take maybe. And I remember I cried my eyes out when Kurt Warner lost that game. One in my St. Louis Rams, Kurt Warner, you know, back in the day. Wanted him to get a ring with another team, but unfortunately did not happen. But nonetheless, great game. Another Super Bowl that's on my list is when Kurt Warner actually did win the Super Bowl. And that Super Bowl uh, 34, when they beat the Titans, you know, Mike Jones tackles Kevin Dyson at the one-yard line to save the game. It is called the tackle. Uh, I mean, it was the greatest show on turf, one of the best offensive seasons that we've ever seen. You got guys like Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt on the, at the wide receivers. You had Marshall Falk, legendary running back. And then you had MVP Kurt Warner, literally his first year in the league, coming out from being a what what was he a cashier and then you know a grocery bagger a grocery bagger guys Kurt Warner went from being a grocery bagger to a Super Bowl champion and I gotta tell you I mean that was a great game too I know we were both super young when that occurred but I'm sure that you still have memories of being excited your family being excited and stuff like that yeah I mean there's pictures my dad has of me and my little Rams outfit at age 
two years old, man, uh, you know, most of the stuff I had seen from that team growing up was just videos and highlights, of course. Of course, I don't remember actually seeing that game at age two years old, you know, who would? But, you know, the highlights and the films and the documentaries I've seen on that team, just, you know, one of the most prolific offenses we've ever seen, uh, Kurt Warner and Isaac Bruce, huge catch at the end of the game, uh, the tackle, the game had it all. Uh, funny thing about that game, you know, Jeff Fisher coaching the Titans, ends up coaching the Rams later on in my life. Thought that was a great hire. Of course, it didn't end up being one. But, you know, cool for, you know, Titans fans, cool for Rams fans to be matched up like that. Um, you know, really thought maybe the Titans had a shot at getting back to the Super Bowl this year. But nonetheless, they made a great run. And, you know, that game will always go down in history, I think, on anybody's list as being one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. So we, so we had one in common, Casey. We had one in common, and that was the Philadelphia Eagles-New England Patriots Super Bowl. In Super Bowl 52, highest scoring Super Bowl, a lot of different things going on. Um, and it was, it was honestly a really entertaining one to watch. It really seemed like the Philadelphia Eagles had control of it the whole game, but, I mean, it was still back and forth. And you still had that feeling in your soul, like, multiple times, multiple drives. It's like, is Brady going to take him back? Is Brady going to take the lead? Is he going to come back? But, fortunately, the Eagles got it done in that one. So, I mean, i got to ask you about that. I mean, what was so great about it to you that you put it on your list? It was so great that, like you said, it was very offensive late in the game. There were a lot of big plays. Uh, I remember the Patriots going downfield real late in the game. Uh, there was a great catch in the end zone at the end of that game for the Eagles. You know, both teams airing it out there late in the game. Uh, what I really saw in that Super Bowl that had my interest, though, was Nick Foles. I mean, you know, he had just left the Rams, the Chiefs after that again, and he was kind of trying to figure out where his spot was in the NFL. Everybody thought, you know, after that breakout season, the first time with the Eagles, he was going to be a franchise quarterback for somebody, whether it was the Eagles, and some people thought it was in the Rams. I was hoping it was going to be the Rams. Of course, he ends up leaving the Rams, coming back to the Eagles, and getting that ring for them. So, I mean, what can you say about Nick Foles? He impressed the heck out of me in that game. Certainly was not expecting that. And, you know, that Eagles team right there it was very impressive just because they beat my Rams that year. I remember the Eagles beat the Rams, and I want to say week 13 or 14. Both of them were on top of their respective divisions, and that Eagles team at that time had Carson Wentz, and nobody knew that Nick Foles was going to come in and do what he does, you know, be clutch and get that Super Bowl ring. So, you know, all the credit in the world to Nick Foles for just being that guy for Philadelphia. All right, and now let's get into one of yours, another one. You said uh, that you thought that Super Bowl – 51 with the New England Patriots comeback that was on your top five it was not on mine I personally didn't really like that Super Bowl as much because one you know I was kind of devastated that obviously Tom Brady won again and then again I just thought that you know it was like the Falcons had were it was so one-sided one game and it was so one-sided the other it was like there was no contrast in that game for me but I mean obviously the comeback makes it good so let like I want to hear your opinion on Super Bowl 51 and why you put it in your top five I just Super Bowl 51 is one of the more recent ones of course so I have a very strong memory and a very strong tie to this game I remember I was in my dorm at my previous school Thomas Moore um, wasn't much to do around campus so I decided just to sit in my dorm and watch the game and I remember I was sitting on a I think it was like a plastic school chair in front of my little 20-inch TV or whatever it was then. I just I remember that vividly, and I just remember all game being so excited that the Falcons were going to get a Super Bowl win. I, you know, I loved what Matt Ryan was doing with Devontae Freeman all year long. That offense had been clicking, and they continued to do it into the Super Bowl. I loved them dominating the Patriots. Not a Patriots fan by any means at all. Can't stand them, like Junie mentioned. 
And I was really happy to see the Falcons come out on top and jump all over the Patriots. I thought it was over. thought they were going to put the nail in the coffin. I remember late in the game, kind of just, you know, turning down the volume, not paying attention as much. And then, you know, all of a sudden, here come the Patriots in the second half. Touchdown by touchdown, field goal by field goal, point by point. And, of course, how can we forget James White scores that winning touchdown. I'll never forget that James White touchdown. And, you know, it's very disappointing that the Falcons didn't put their, you know, foot on their throat, put the pedal to the metal, put the foot on the gas, whatever you want to say. You have to put that game away. And ultimately, they did not do that, which was very disappointing. All right. Now, I'm going to get into one of the Super Bowls that I believe that I had that you don't have. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't remember exactly what yours was. But I had Super Bowl 44 where the New Orleans Saints oh, upset, upset the Indianapolis Colts and, and arguably one of Peyton Manning's best years. I mean, they started yeah. out, I mean, it was crazy because, I mean, both of those teams starting out that year, the Saints started out 13-0, the Colts started out 14-0. It just seems like it was a matchup destined to happen. It was like it was a force that was just waiting to crash, and everybody knew it, and those two teams ended up meeting in the Super Bowl. You know, the Colts obviously had a little bit better of a regular season. Peyton Manning uh, obviously was the MVP. They were the favorites going in. And I got to tell you, I was rooting really hard for Drew Brees in that Super Bowl. I've always, so was I. I've always told you, I've been a big Drew Brees guy. I like Drew Brees. He's, he's, he's a super guy, great character. But I also, the, the fact that, you know, New Orleans had just gotten hit by Katrina, you know, just a couple years prior to that, you know, they weren't even playing in New Orleans like the season after that because the, you know, the Superdome got so messed up from that. And, I mean, for them to come back and then Drew Brees to make his comeback after he got injured, let go from the Chargers, to come back and win that Super Bowl, I mean, it was a close game the whole way. You got the onside kick coming out from halftime. You got Tracy Porter's interception on what we thought was looking like Peyton Manning's winning drive to go win. And just when you think that he's getting close, he's about to throw a you know a dot into the red zone, it is picked off by Tracy Porter, taking it all the way back for six points. And you got a New Orleans Saints Super Bowl and a memory that a lot of people down there are never going to forget. I'll tell you, my favorite thing about that game is it was your two best quarterbacks in the league that year. I, if I'm not mistaken, I remember, I know Manning got the MVP that year, but I'm pretty sure Drew Brees was two in the MVP race. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, top two quarterbacks doing it out. You love to see that. Um, so certainly a game worth noting there on everybody's top five or any top Super Bowl list. But another game that has to be on that list that wasn't on yours that was on mine, the blackout game, Ravens 49ers. What an odd game overall. Just to think that Colin Kaepernick had such a huge role in that game, and now he's irrelevant. And there was a blackout in that game. Just an odd game overall, an unexpected Super Bowl. So, I mean, you know, what were your thoughts on that game? My thoughts were, you know, I don't know how these two teams are here. Joe Flacco against Colin Kaepernick. I mean, what a surprise. I mean, yeah, it was definitely a surprise. I liked the whole Harbaugh Bowl element oh, yeah. that went into it. I thought that was super cool that brothers were doing it. But, I mean, it's just not my flavor of Super Bowl. I mean, the Steelers and Ravens are huge rivals, so I was already mad that the Ravens were in the Super Bowl. And then you got the 49ers, who have five Super Bowls, and I wasn't a big fan of them tying the Steelers with six. So, I mean, I was like, I was like, I don't know who to pull for here. I ended up pulling for the Ravens because, you know, it was Ray Lewis's last year. Out of respect for him, I, I you know, I kind of cheered for them. And I was like, you know, them winning a Super Bowl makes our division look better, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, it's kind of like the Falcons and Patriots Super Bowl for me. I mean, you watch that game, and the Ravens just dominated the entire game up until the blackout. The blackout went out, the whole lights were out. It was almost an hour, which was crazy in its own self. And then the 49ers come back and make a game out of it. The, you know, the Ravens hold on, hold them to 31 and that last goal line stand, 
And I tell you what, I mean, it was a great game at the end. I just, I don't know. I just didn't really, I just didn't really get into that one. I mean, like I said, when when it's back and forth, there's controversy. Like, oh, you know, is this person going to answer? Is that person going to answer? Rather than it being like a big deficit and them coming all the way back, that's just not as inner, you know, as entertaining to me. So now we will get into our number one Super Bowl. That's right. Junie's number one Super Bowl of his lifetime, excluding the Steelers, and my number one Super Bowl of my lifetime, excluding the Rams. So start us out, Junie. What's, what's your number one? My number one Super Bowl is going to be Super Bowl 49, uh, Patriots against the Seahawks. Obviously, everybody knows about that game being Malcolm Butler's uh, goal line stand where he intercepted Russell Wilson's pass on the one-yard line, um, and then the Patriots ended up taking the win 28-24. to What about yours? My number one has got to be the upset of all upsets. The 11-5 and Giants take off the 18-0 and Patriots at that point. Loved seeing that. I just remember going into that game, all the hype. The Patriots are the greatest team of all time. There's no way this Giants team beats them. And Eli Manning just going in there and doing what he does, beating Tom Brady and those hated Patriots, by me at least. And Plaxico Burris, great touchdown catch. And how can you forget the David Tyree helmet catch to top it all off? What a game. I mean, yeah, it was it was it was my number two um, on my list, and I definitely really enjoyed that game. Uh, funny story about this game: in my fifth grade class, because this game happened while I was in fifth grade, we had a like bet thing about you know you win some candy or something if you're the closest to pick the score right. And you know, obviously, all the kids in the school were thinking that the Patriots were going to win. I picked the Giants, and I actually picked the Giants to win seventeen to 13 over the New wow. England Patriots. I was wow. super close. And I'd literally and at that time like I wasn't I hadn't started watching football like religiously until the following year. I had just, you know it was just kind of like a whim. I was like, "You know what? Like I want to go I want to be different. I I want to pick the Giants and you know, I was just thinking of like a common football score and I was like, yeah, that I mean, that's what it's going to be. And little did I know that they had played week 17. It was 38-35 game. I didn't know that. I just thought I was like, you know, whatever. Giants are going to win. Everybody's picking the Patriots. Giants this score and I was really close so that's my memory about that game obviously I mean them beating the Patriots streak was awesome um I love to see it it was just like it was just kind of like a low scoring game for me and that's why it's number two it's so iconic because of the narrative yeah of course but I don't know out of entertainment value I went with uh Seattle and New England which surprisingly you don't even have on your top yeah I know it's it's funny that that didn't make my list because it was right there if there's a six it has to be number six uh, you know, the thing about that game that got me that I was about to get into is the Patriots, like you discussed, you know, Ravens and Niners, you know, not your favorite teams. Patriots and Seahawks. I mean, you know the Seahawks are my least favorite I mean, team. Those, those, are your, those are your two yeah, least favorite teams of that's, all time. That's what I'm saying. Those are my two least favorite teams. I remember going into that Super Bowl just to have some interest. Uh, my dad put a bet with my uncle on the game because my dad's the same way. Can't stand either team. And we went over to my uncle's house and watched it. And, you know, I will give this game this. Even though it was two teams I despise, that last drive, you know, who can forget Pete Carroll throwing the ball on the one with Marshawn Lynch in the backfield? Who can forget the Jermaine Curse catch? Yeah, I mean, of course. Can you believe that? Like, yeah, that's he, I mean, I mean, at that point, at that point, we looked at the game and we were like, you know, there's no way unless they make a big play right here that they're going to be able to win this game. And I mean, as soon as people were thinking that, like, you know, it's over, like, you know, the Patriots are going to win this game. He just throws a lob, a prayer, and it just bounces around. I think it bounced off his leg while he's on the ground, and he, and he comes up with it, and he gets it. And I just remember watching that play. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, that's crazy. I cannot believe it. I couldn't believe that he did that. 
And then you look at Marshawn Lynch just powering the ball all the way to the one-yard line. He gets the one. They get up. And they don't give him the ball again. He just got you down to the one-yard line with a huge, nice run there. And then they didn't. And then Malcolm Butler picked it off and sealed the game. I, I just remember my whole family watching it. And we, were, we were in the living room together, and that happened. And I was expecting the Seahawks win. I was going to be happy because obviously I don't, you know, I don't mind the Seahawks, but like, like you do. But with that being said, I was like, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't believe it. We couldn't believe it. It was the most shocking play probably that I, I've seen – since Super Bowl 43. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll say this just to add on, you know, to the shock of that final play call. Um, you know, there's a lot of games that I get into and watch, mostly my favorite team's games where I'll get up and stand up and yell, you know, even in the living room. But, you know, this was one of those games that, you know, kind of when I'm just watching as, you know, a bystander, no rooting team interest. This is one of those games I didn't expect to get excited for because I don't like either team. But I just remember that last drive. I was out of my chair the entire drive. Stood up, and I'll just never forget being about an inch from that TV when Malcolm Butler picked that ball off because I just – that's one of the most unexpected plays. That and the Philly special. I mean, that might be two of the craziest plays in Super Bowl history. And, I mean, I was glad I was able to witness that. And just one last thing since we're talking about the Super Bowl, I got to mention, uh, even though the Seattle Seahawks and Steelers Super Bowl was pretty boring uh, for the most part, a lot of people don't like that Super Bowl, especially with the you know officiating controversies and stuff like that. I do got to throw in a play there, the pitch to Willie Parker, the reverse to Antoine Randall and then the pass to Heinz Ward to seal that game. That is an all-time great play, um, and I, I just wanted to throw that in there, even though that, that Super Bowl was, was pretty boring, pretty pretty hard to watch. Uh, with that being said, we really hope that this Chiefs and 49ers Super Bowl is going to live up to all these great memories that we had. Uh, we've had such a great season here on the Joseph and the Pros podcast. We're not done. Uh, we're going to do some draft coverage. We're going to do free agency. We're going to do trades, NFL rumors, all that stuff up until the very, very end uh, of this school year, guys. I'm Judy Riddle. That's Casey Warner. And we are done here on Super Bowl week. You can catch us next week with our recap on the Joes and the Pros podcast. Stick with us. I don't-